this episode of the Naturist Living Show, Women and Naturism. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome to this episode of the Naturist Living Show on women and naturism. It's a uh, complex topic, one that I've actually had a lot of requests from uh, you, my listeners, and I do appreciate all the feedback, as always, and the suggestions. The The topic is a complex one because um, women, women have the hardest time in our society with uh, body image and self-esteem and uh, self-confidence, uh, and a lot of that self-esteem and self-confidence falls back on that self-image and body image. So while women are often the ones that have the hardest time trying naturism, uh, particularly as single women, they're the ones who benefit the most from naturism. And uh, once they really experience it, they can be the ones that become the most passionate uh, about it because they get the biggest um, reward. For them, it's, it's the greatest change from our society and the pressure that they feel in the textile world. So we're going to explore that in today's show. Um, there's a number of women that I interviewed, which is why it's taken a while to get to this point. And uh, I apologize for this being also the longest show we've done to date. There's a lot of good material. I thought it was very important to include it. And I looked at making it a two-part show like I did before uh, when we looked at how naturism and nudity is treated in the media. Um, but it didn't divide well, and I thought it all needed to stay together um, because this one show by itself can be used um, certainly to help people um, get used to the idea of trying naturism and help them deal with the fears they have before they try naturism. Um it's also useful for anybody who is a naturist and is trying to convince a partner. We're going to talk mostly about women, and we're going to give very specific advice on how to convince a partner to join you um, in a naturist day, vacation, uh, getaway, whatever you want to call it, trying naturism for the first time. And while we're talking about women, a lot of what you're going to hear about really does impact men just as much as women. I've been thinking for a while about how do I approach it's the, the subject. I mean, the subject of women in naturism is a complex one. There's a lot of issues to discuss. And uh, then last summer, in uh, June of 2009, this radio show came onto the CBC. That was perfect. The show is called Out Front, and it features people telling their own stories. And here's the story of Tracy Isaac, who goes to a naturist or nude resort for the first time in her life. This is Out Front. I always say no. I always say, forget it. There's no way. You can just stop asking now. But this year, he kind of wore me down. 
I'm Tracy Isaacs in London, Ontario. Welcome to Outfront. I tried very hard to get permission from the CBC to replay the show on this podcast, but there was no way to do that. You know, still very complicated with copyright issues. It's okay on the radio, but uh, on the internet, it brings up all kinds of issues. So instead, I thought I would contact uh, Tracy Isaacs directly, and this way we could go through everything she's discussed in the show anyway, and we could also get more in-depth on several of the issues that she probably wasn't going to cover as much because she wasn't necessarily creating the show for a naturist audience. The show, unfortunately, is no longer available on the internet. Um, The show itself uh, was cancelled, and so the uh, section of the CBC site where the archive of that show was uh, housed doesn't exist anymore. So I will try to find the original show online somewhere, and if I do, I'll put a link to it. If not, unfortunately, um, this will be the only way you can get a general idea of what the show was about. How long was your husband, Reynold, uh, trying to convince you to do this, and, and how did he manage it? He would mention it on and off, well, basically since I met him. So I've known him for 12 years, so he's been trying to convince me. For, we went last year, so for 11 years. Um, and uh, he just kept raising it from time to time, saying, you know, this would be a really fun thing to do. He'd done it in the past before he met me, and... Uh, and he'd really like to do it again. And he, we have a sailboat, and he never wears clothes when we're on the boat. And he's just basically into nude living. So he, he would have liked. He said, you know, I'd really like to go on on a vacation somewhere warm in the winter. Um, that's a, a nude resort. And um, I just kept saying, no way. I don't know why. I just thought there's no way. Like I just would never think of doing that. And finally, last year, I don't know, something just gave in me, and I just thought, well, why not? What's the big deal? <laughs> what? How bad could it be? Oh, had you been struggling with a question, or had you just sort of, every year you dismissed it and didn't even think about it? Yeah, I didn't really give it much thought. Like, we would talk about it, and I would always think it was just a joke. Like, there was no way that I would ever take it seriously. And then, And then finally... Um, what happened was our vacation plans that year fell through. And so we had this up in the air sort of, you know, what are we going to do? And he said, well, why don't we, you know, why don't we go somewhere nude? Hmm. So I thought, I don't know. I mean, just, okay, give me the options, you know? So I thought I would be willing to try it, but no, I wasn't preoccupied with it because I never really took it seriously. So it, it it obviously made a very interesting radio show. What made you think to turn this into a radio show? Well, I had done something for Outfront before, and um, I was always I I write a lot of personal um, non narrative nonfiction, and so I'm always kind of mining my life for things <laughs> that might make good good pieces, and so. I thought, well, this is one because Outfront really likes stories that um, that push people beyond their limits. They like it when people are on a quest or on some kind of self-exploration. And I had pitched a few things to them 
between this one and the one before that just didn't have what it took. And so this one, I thought, well, you know, they might find it interesting because it's certainly something that's pushing me beyond my comfort zone. So, so you, I just pitched it to them. So you, you said earlier that it was, uh, you just sort of suddenly decided, yeah, well, what the heck, let's go for it. And yeah. It, it was fairly, but from the time you said okay to the time you actually got there, there was obviously oh quite gosh. a bit of time. And how was that? That was, um, well, and also because I pitched it to out front and they accepted it right away, they thought it was a great idea. And then I thought, why in the heck did I offer to do this for the radio? <laughs> it's hard enough that I'm, you know, putting myself out there just personally. And um, so I was sort of regretting having agreed to tape the whole thing because it was a real struggle for me. I, you know, I've always had... Uh, body image issues and the idea of taking off my clothes and being in public was quite terrifying, really. Did you try to back out at any point? No. No, I never tried to back out. Good for you. Now, do you think if <laughs> if the CBC hadn't agreed to do the show, do you think you would have been more likely to maybe back out? No, I don't think so. I mean, once, once I agreed, um, I thought, you know... I, I think I just need to go through it. I never really thought I'd back out. I did think, why did I agree to this? But I never actually thought I would back out. Partly because as soon as I agreed, well, Ronald put that deposit down so fast. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you know. He wasn't letting you out of there. Yeah, he wasn't going to let me out of it. So, you know, we would have had to forfeit <laughs> the down payment. So I'm intrigued. In, in that period of time... Um, I mean, what you describe in terms of body image issue is sadly all too common in our society. Mm -hmm. What kind of thoughts ran through your mind? Oh, well, I just, um, let's see. Well, the usual, I mean, when most, I don't think my body image issues are any different from most women's, which is, which are always some theme, some variation on the theme, I'm too fat. No matter what size you are, I'm, I'm actually not a large woman, but I, I feel pretty good in clothes. But um, the idea of, of, of not wearing clothes, I just feel really exposed. So I just thought, oh, you know, everybody's going to be really attractive and it's going to have really nice bodies and I've got all these rolls and bumps and, you know, the usual things that average bodies have. And, um, and I just thought that I wouldn't feel, be able to relax. I didn't think I'd be able to relax. And so, um, in some ways I, I took it as, a a bit of a challenge, like maybe, I will, and this is something that came up in the show, actually, that maybe I will, maybe this will um, help me get past my body image issues. Because I had heard people say that, um, like I had some friends who, well, I had actually my mother's sister was an atheist, and she and her husband used to go, they were, in, they lived in Europe, and they were always going to new beaches and new vacations and so on. And she seemed really comfortable in her body. And so 
I had always heard people say that after a while, when you're with people and nobody's wearing clothes, after a while, a body's just a body's just a body. That in fact, it's the opposite of what you would think. You would think that everyone would be really judgmental and you would be really exposed and you'd be looking at all the bodies, you know, giving them a, a number from one to 10 sort of thing. But the, it's actually the opposite that after a while, all of that falls away. And so I was hoping that that would happen. And in fact, in my case, that is what happened. That, you know, it happened pretty quickly that I just, uh, I got really comfortable and I got really comfortable with, I wasn't just worried about my own nudity, by the way. I was worried about everybody's. It's like, I don't want to see you either. (laughs) And I got comfortable with, with all of that a lot more quickly than I thought I would. So in the show, you did a really great job of going through and explaining uh, your the, basically the top 10 fears that you had about this vacation. Do you mind going through those again? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, so um, so the first fear was, or the, the number 10, the least enormous fear was that I would get an all-over sunburn. And this was actually not that unfounded because I remember as a, as, um, a teenager, when I went traveling in Europe and we did topless sunbathing and I did, my breath did burn more than the rest of my body because they had never seen the sun. And so I was worried about, um, body parts that had never seen the sun getting, getting burned. Um, as it turned out, sunblock solved that. So I didn't actually get an all over sunburn, but I got a beautiful tan, (laughs) a beautiful all over sun tan. So I actually recommend it for that. Um, My ninth fear was a fear of, it was a kind of two-pronged fear. I I feared getting ogled at all the time or not ogled at at all. So I had this fear that, um, you know, I might get all these lecherous, lewd sort of looks all the time that people would be constantly sexualizing the bodies and, and, and leering at, at each other. And, um, and then on the other side of that, I thought, oh, well, what if everybody thinks I'm, I'm so unattractive that they don't even look at me? And in fact, neither was the case. That what happens is that after a very short period of time, um, you just adjust to the fact. I did anyway, and I, I got, gathered that most people do, that people are just people and bodies are just bodies and it's not about people weren't really lewd or there wasn't any kind of ogling going on. So that fear was unfounded as well. Number eight, I might never adjust. I had this fear that I would spend the whole week wanting to hide behind my towel. And I would spend the whole week thinking, I just wish that we were somewhere else and why don't we leave? And, um, and I would feel uncomfortable for the whole week. And it was my only summer, it was my only vacation that winter, our only trip south. It was just one week. And so I didn't really want to spend the whole week uncomfortable. And as it happened, I was really only uncomfortable for about a day. And once I got over my initial kind of um, shyness, because I think really what happened in the end was that I, I was just felt shy. 
And once I got over that, I adjusted beautifully and, and, and it was great. I felt a real freedom. And so, in fact, I, I, I think I felt better than I ever do when I'm at a similar kind of resort but wearing a bikini. You know, bathing suits actually don't help. <laughs> so the idea of getting rid of the bathing suit being a huge obstacle is, is completely, um, it's false. It just doesn't make sense. Bathing suits actually don't help. They don't cover enough to help. (laughs) Um, Fear number seven was a fear of... I wasn't really afraid of swinging body parts, parts, but it was more um, just being exposed to all these swinging body parts didn't seem that appealing. And so I just imagined... Um, I don't know, body parts that are normally contained just swinging around in ways that aren't that attractive. And, and it seemed um, somehow, I don't know, uncivilized. And I couldn't imagine walking down the beach and having my breasts sort of bouncing along and all of that stuff. It just seemed really funnily unnatural to me it just seemed like you know let's contain this stuff mm-hmm. we wear clothing for a reason um that turned out to be i don't know why it, it didn't end up being a big deal i mean yeah that stuff's usually contained it wasn't um i didn't go running along the beach or anything but i felt perfectly comfortable walking around um Fear number six was the fear of, of beach volleyball. I don't play volleyball at the best of times, but the idea of playing vo- volleyball with no clothes on, with a bunch of other people playing volleyball with no clothes on, just didn't appeal to me. And I know that in the naturist world, volleyball is a big deal. Like People seem to love to play volleyball, mm-hmm. and there's volleyball tournaments, and I bet you every single campground has a volleyball. Absolutely. Yes, see, but the idea of playing volleyball just, I don't know, I just did not, I couldn't deal with that. And, you know, a friend of mine said to me, well, maybe it's really just the idea of volleyball, period, that you're not interested in and not necessarily nude volleyball. Because the fact is, you know, ever since I was a teenager, I was always the kid who got picked last for volleyball because I was so (laughs) bad at volleyball. So, yeah, that might have been mixed up with a bunch of teenage stuff. And as it turned out, um, nobody played volleyball that week. There was volleyball, but there was a volleyball court, but nobody really played, or at least I didn't see them. So that was a fear that I didn't really have to face. Number five was a fear about what if everybody is hideous. I had this mental image of just a bunch of really unattractive bodies. Because the fact is, you know, bodies that aren't airbrushed are just ordinary. And I just... um, we cover them up usually, and so when you do, I just find in my world, when I do see bodies 
it's usually media representations and so on. And they're not, they're not, um, not your average bodies. They're super bodies. And so I thought, what if everybody's really hideous and I have to spend the whole week looking at these awful nude bodies. And that was such a, I don't even like saying that I had that fear because it's so judgmental for one thing. But, but the fact is people don't appear hideous. Once everybody is there and comfortable and naked and comfortable in their nakedness, it's a real freedom, like I said, and, and there's a kind of beauty in that, and it's extremely attractive and um, comforting in a way. So I really, the idea of hideous, not hideous, beautiful, not beautiful, I mean, it's not as if um, you don't notice when someone has an especially nice body, but that's not the preoccupation, and that's certainly not the grounds on which you interact with people. I found people to be very friendly and there was something about taking off our clothes and, and um, it's a great equalizer in lots of ways. Mm -hmm. And so um, the idea of hideous, not hideous didn't even come into it. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody was, everybody was friendly. Everybody was wonderful to be around. Honestly, I've never been at such a friendly place in my life. And people kept remarking on that, you know, how easy it was to, to meet people and get to know people. So that didn't turn out to be um, a well-grounded fear. Number four, what if everybody else is not hideous? What if they're actually gorgeous and, and stunning and have these beautiful, useful bodies? I, I worried that we would be a lot older than, than the average age. I'm 45, and I thought, oh, maybe everyone's going to be, you know, in their 20s or, and 30s, and they're going to be young and useful and have that natural kind of, um, you know, the body that sort of is tight and, and firm and um, the youthful body. And so I was worried about that and that I would feel self-conscious because, I didn't have that anymore. And as it turned out, there was a huge range um, uh, of ages and body types, and um, and that was also an unfounded fear. Number three, and I remember the, the producer of the show didn't even understand this, because I said, I'm afraid that I'll have to get out of my chair, the fear of having to stand up. Mm-hmm. Lying down, I could imagine reclining in a chaise lounge by the beach or by the pool. But the idea of having to stand up and walk around, um, because when you stand up, you know, that's when gravity kicks in. But reclining, well, reclining nudes, there's a whole history of of, um, of rec- the reclining nude and in, in art and everything. And so there's something beautiful about a reclining nude, but getting out of your chair when everything settles, that's kind of um, not the same. And so I was, I was afraid that I would feel chair bound in a way that I wouldn't want to get up and move around. And um, 
And actually, at the beginning, I did feel that way. I felt like whenever I stood up, I felt like I needed to wrap a towel around me or put something on. But um, but that went away because, you know, there's, again, that freedom. That When you really experience it is when you get up, when you walk around, when you go swimming, when you're actually moving. When When I was actually moving without the restriction of clothing, that's when I felt the most free. And so the fear of getting out of my chair and worrying about, you know, how do I look? Because I think it's really a variation on how do I look. Um, it just didn't even come up. Okay, number two. What if I run into someone I know, especially someone from work? This was a huge fear. I thought I can handle... I mean, maybe I can handle being naked around strangers. But the idea of running into someone I know, especially someone who I work with and who I would just prefer not to imagine even in any other state than clothed, somehow really set me off. I just thought this would ruin my whole vacation. It would just, um, I wouldn't feel comfortable seeing them or having them see me, see me. And I kind of thought that this one would speak for itself because really, if I try to unpack it, I can't even really do that. Like, I don't exactly know what the big deal about running into someone I know who's there at the same place for the same reasons, presumably. I don't know why that would be so terrible, but somehow it would just put a damper on the whole vacation. And a lot of people seem to be able to relate to that, that it's one thing to do this with some anonymity. It's another thing altogether to do it with um, people that you've met or that you know from a different context and then run into them without planning it in this context. Hmm. So that was number two. And as it happened, I didn't run into anyone I knew, so I didn't have to face that fear. And then number one, so my number one fear, what if I discover deep down that the main reason I don't want to go is that I'm just a prude? This was one fear that was really related to my self-image as someone who was kind of adventurous and willing to try new things and, and, um, and pretty open-minded and yet I had this real resistance to going to this resort. And I thought, what if it's just about being a prude, that I just am prudish about nudity, that I, I don't want to see other people nude and I don't want to show myself nude because I just think it's somehow immodest or people shouldn't do it or some kind of, you know, um, prudish sensibility. And And I was really worried that, all of the other reasons would fall away and I would still have this lingering discomfort and that there would be no other explanation for it other than that. I just thought, you know, people just shouldn't do that, you know, put on some clothes kind of thing. I'm happy to say that I, I turn out not to be approved. I'm perfectly <laughs> comfortable <laughs> with nudity, mine and others. So that fear didn't materialize either. So was that a, that whole experience, was it a one-time thing? Or do you think it's now changed you in any way? Well, 
It was interesting. Well, it's definitely changed me. I definitely, um, I definitely don't want to go to resorts where you need to wear clothes. I definitely feel like this has become, it's going to become a regular thing for us. And it actually also changed just um, on the boat last summer. So normally whenever we were, we would have an opportunity, my husband forever since I've known him would always be nude on the boat, but I never would. Somehow I kept thinking, oh, well, you know, if someone comes, that would be a bit. We don't want anyone to see us. Mm-hmm. And now I'm much more comfortable with that. And, and um, you know, when we're somewhere where it's reasonably private, I'm totally comfortable um, going nude on the boat, which is actually nice. Like, I actually enjoy it. And so, so in that respect, um, I think I'm just more comfortable uh, with the idea of nudity, but also about body image. So what, through the week that we were there, I I really started to um, get very comfortable in my skin in a way that I had never experienced before. And I really felt good in my body. Like I started to gain an appreciation for it and my image even changed. Like I didn't feel self-conscious. I didn't feel... Um, I didn't feel that I needed to lose weight, gain weight. I didn't have any kind of weight issues. Like all of that went away. And um, and then gradually after we got home and um, we got back into clothing and back into our regular day-to-day lives, it, it gradually, gradually came back. And so... I thought, wow, you know, I need to do this regularly or I'm going to have these body image issues all the time. So I I don't know what it is about that comfort in nudity in being around other people that helps with the body image issues, but I definitely felt that it did. So one of the things I found most interesting, actually, is that you teach women's study at the University of Western Ontario. So uh, the issues that women's face with regards to self-image and self-confidence is probably mm-hmm. something that you're more aware of than most. And uh, I-, I was particularly interested in, in your number nine. You said, what if people stare at me and what if they don't kind of thing? What if they look at me and what if they don't? And I think there is a conflict uh, in our society with women where, you know, you want to be sexy but not a sex object. Uh, mm mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I'm just I, I'm curious how you think has this made you look at women's issues differently? Well, okay, let me just comment on the general issue because it hasn't really made me look at women's issues differently. I, I have always thought that body image is one of the it, it's one of the the first issues that um, young women who are just coming into women's studies or just um, being exposed to feminism, it's one of the first issues that they can really, they can really understand it from their own experience because just about every woman has some kind of 
self-consciousness or lack of confidence or distorted body image or, you know, to go to the further extremes, has had an eating disorder or has been a chronic dieter, you know, throughout her life. So, so it's an issue that is widely discussed and easy to, to tap into in, with the younger women. And so, uh, so in a way, um, did it change how I think about women's issues? Not so much change it, but did it make me, it, 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 it gave me a personal shift actually in my own, with my own, um, body image issues. And, and it is a conflict because intellectually I've always understood and been really committed to the idea that we're more than our bodies. And of course we want to be appreciated for, for our intellect and all of the other things that we are. And so that was that fear of what if I get ogled at all the time, women don't like to be objectified at the same time, the cultural messages to be attractive, to be thin, to, to, to match a particular feminine beauty ideal that along with that ideal is either um, a thin or at least, if not thin, at least athletically, um, you know, an athletic kind of body. Those are really the only two body types that are acceptable for women. I mean, by the media. Mm-hmm. I know that some people um, are, you know, we're trying to be more accepting of a larger range. But if you see what gets the media attention, it's the useful, um, naturally thin or athletic body. And and that's a pretty oppressive standard because not everybody's naturally thin and not everybody has an athletic, has the time to maintain an athletic body, which is quite a demanding body type actually to uphold. I was just going to say, you know, it's interesting because one of the things I've come to notice uh, being a naturist for so long is that there are no, there, there, I don't think there are two body types that are identical. In fact, I don't, I'm not even sure that in women there's uh, two women with identical breasts. I mean, it, we, we're right. very, very unique. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, some women have a stronger build but are still in good shape. And and beauty and, and sexiness, um, I think people are confused probably because of the media, because you know one of the there's a there's a woman at Bear Oaks who's well into her probably in her eighties, but she's been raised as a naturist. She's very comfortable where she is, and she's beautiful. Yes, she's wrinkly and right. saggy, I suppose, mm-hmm. but in her face and the way she walks, there's a beauty um, mm-hmm. that some twenty year olds don't have. Yes. And yet, when and I and it comes from within, and I definitely see that. And now. I think men see that too. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I know my husband Reynolds. He he always says, you know, like the beauty comes from within. Mm-hmm. It's not about just what you look like, but it's really about how you feel about yourself. But you know, when I talk to people who are not naturists or textiles, as we like to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, are you talk about top free rights for women and that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. It it always seems like people think even feminists think it's 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 not important. You know, it's a it's not a big issue, and you know, there's bigger things to talk about like pay equity and that kind of thing. What do you think about that? Well, I think I do think it's an equity issue, but there's a lot more to get past 
with the um so the you know the right for women to go topless for example um i think when women go topless they're objectified and sexualized in a way that doesn't usually happen when men go topless mm-hmm. and so in a way it's trying to fight for a right that nine times out of 10, if you exercise it, depending where, you know, I think on a beach is maybe different than sort of at the park or, you know, in the city or wherever you might go topless. Um, nine times out of 10, it's when you exercise that right, you're going to be objectified and sexualized. And so it's a bit of an awkward kind of right to fight for because the material gain isn't as clear. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's an equity issue, but there's a larger cultural issue that, you know, in the context of which you have to understand it. Yeah, well, it's true. I mean, they, since Gwen Jacobs, I don't know, we're talking, we're probably pushing 20 years now that she did her, uh, she successfully won the right for women in Ontario to be top free or topless. Right. Um, but you don't, it's still not commonplace. And anybody who, who takes right. advantage of that, right, is, is totally objectified and sometimes even vilified. Yeah, sometimes vilified. Like, why would you want to, you know, sort of like, you're, you're a brazen hussy yes. <laughs> if yes. you exercise the right. And that's, I mean, in women's studies, we call that the double bind that women often find themselves in that, you know, you walk this tightrope where you're either a prude or a slut. <laughs> yeah. There's no in-between. Right. You know, you're either a good girl or a bad girl. And a good girl is pure and virginal and clothed. And a bad girl is wanton and, um, you know, sexually sort of uncontrollable and not clothed. Right. Uh, What I think is the most ironic argument that I hear all the time against uh, women being able to go topless is, what about the children? What if the children see it? (laughs) You know, know, of all things, that's what breasts are primarily for. Yeah, right. Uh, I know. We have a lot of uh, hang-ups. I mean, that's just the bottom line as far as I'm concerned, a lot of hang-ups. So clearly it's harder for women, in most cases, to try naturism, although not always, but what, what advice would you give to husbands out there like Reynolds who want to convince their wife? <laughs> um, have them listen to my show. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Because actually I got a lot of, of um, feedback by email and, and so on from women who, who said, yeah, those are exactly my fears. And wow, your, your, your story really helped me realize that maybe it wouldn't be so bad. You know, um, but I think also to ask, you know, I never really questioned my gut reaction of saying no. I never really thought about why, what's the problem? What, what is my hesitation? And maybe it's a good opportunity for a bit of self-reflection, like to ask a little bit, not in an aggressive way, but ask them, you know, what are your fears? Why, why do you think that this would be a bad thing? Why don't you think of it as a kind of freedom instead? And just to, nobody can be made to do anything that they're not comfortable with, but 
if you can convince someone to try something at least once, they might find that it's not as uncomfortable as they thought it would be. So why do you think, I'm going to turn the tables a little bit here because I'm interested, why do you think men are more um, easily sort of attracted to naturism than women? Well, that's an interesting question and one I've thought about a lot. Um, And it's not always true. Uh, Interestingly enough, in our neighborhood, uh, we have, you know, we're very open about the fact we're naturists. We talk to everybody. It's, it's hard not to when I'm always doing media interview and uh, I have a pickup truck that says Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park on it. <laughs> so, you know, and we're very involved in the community. Uh, I was a Boy Scout leader for a while and uh, we're both on school council and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about it and mm-hmm. we have more couples who want to come where the woman wants to go, but the man doesn't. Oh, um, it, it's not a statistically significant sample. Just interesting that within our area, and my theory there is that you know we're a little older, and a lot of our friends are a little older. And the, yeah. what you've described and what they've heard through us, the idea of this, this being able to get away from all of this sexualization and and focus on what you look like, mm-hmm. and also for their children, for their children to be maybe raised in a world where they can learn that there's another way, I think that appeals right. to them. And the men are all afraid that they don't look right because they're older and that they're all going to get erections. <laughs> right, right. Um, right. But generally speaking, you're right. It's easier for men, and I think that's because uh, there's not as much pressure. Uh, there's not as much pressure for them to look right. or Although, to... do you think they're self-conscious about their equipment? They are. And, and what I, we're achieving a degree of equality in our society by making men as neurotic as women now. Yes. <laughs> I agree. It's a very sad way to achieve right. that equality. It should go the other way. But so, yeah, and that's why, you know, men are more uncomfortable. I think the initial drive for a lot of men, particularly where they're single, is sexuality. Mm-hmm. And they come for the wrong reason, but then they often stay for the right reason. Right. But they, men are still raised uh, less and less, but men are still raised in a culture where public nudity is not as unusual, uh, whether it's the locker room or standing next to each other when you're peeing or that kind right. of thing. Right, that's true. Uh, even, you know, when I was younger, even, uh, we had a common locker room and the women, I heard, had little uh, cubicles to change in. So Right. Right, that's, that's true. So these things, I think, all impact on, uh, on why it's a little easier for men. So. I also talked with Sandy, who's a member of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, and she told me about her first experience with naturism and uh, what got her to try it. Well, I went to this naturist club, and um, you know, I did it for a couple of reasons. One, you know, I was curious. You know, you're often curious, you hear about these things. You have an idea in your imagination what they might be like, which is probably, you know, incorrect. So I was curious. And a couple of selfish reasons. One, as well, I was um, going through a bad time with a friend, and I felt like I hadn't been a good friend to her. And... At the same time, another friend of mine was going through a bad time, so I thought I could reach out to him. And um, 
uh, anyhow, he was the one who got introduced me to naturism. And uh, I thought initially when he was going through his bad time that, you know, by being supportive, I'd say, well, why don't you spend some more time at your club? Because that seems to always make you really happy. And uh, in even suggesting that, he interpreted as, oh, great, and you would do that with me. And I'm on the phone at the other end going, in my mind, that's not exactly what I meant. However, since I feel like I'm being a bad friend to people, you know, as a friend, I should do this to support my friend. And for myself, it was uh, a challenge because it's not the type of thing I would ever be comfortable doing previously. So there were a whole number of reasons that kind of conspired altogether to make me go the first time. So my friend who's well versed in this, you know, advises me to bring a towel. So I, you know, searched out the largest towel I could possibly find to go. And uh, I set some rules to begin with, which was because I knew my friend, um, he could not look at me. That was the rule. Um, somehow strangers looking at me didn't bother me at all, but a friend looking at me bothered me. Me looking at my friend was a bit awkward at first, but then, you know, I could care less. It was really about my own body issues versus my issues with his body. So, um, go to this club and uh, tour around, and there were, you know, it was the middle of the week, there weren't that many people, but, you know, I saw people playing volleyball, and that's kind of, you know, like a bad joke that you might hear about, but, you know, it was interesting, and just people wandering about their business. It was lovely. The feeling of just the air on your skin or the sun on your skin. I think one of the times that, one of the first times that we went was actually, might have been a march or something. It was sort of, um, there was still some snow on the ground, but we'd sat out on a picnic table and it was a really sunny day. We were in a protected area and it, it just felt phenomenal being outside with the sun on your body at a time when, you know, most people are probably cooped up in an office somewhere. So I like the feeling of being outdoors. I like the feeling of the sun and the air and everything else on my body. And a holdover from my misspent youth was loving to suntan. So the thought of having no tan lines is uh, a really lovely thing. You know, I guess uh, a coat of paint on your body does, um, it's like a foundation for your body. So it's, uh, you know, that would be nice. I haven't done it often enough, but I do come once in a while. And the same fears when I come now are not there. But I would not say that some degree of being comfortable um, it's not 100% for me yet. I remember preparing for the day when I was going to go up the first time. And as I said, I was really anxious and, uh, you know, wanting for whatever reason to back out of it. Um, but wanting also to force myself to go. And at that time, the unique thing was that 
you know, I'd been single for a while, but I had just started to date someone. And somehow it's interesting to me that I felt more comfortable going, knowing that I was with somebody, that I was taken, versus going up um, single. So that was one thing. Although, as it turned out, my then boyfriend um, was not anywhere near as open-minded as I was and found it, you know, very difficult to understand uh, why I would go up there and why I would go up there with a, a married male friend and why I would go up there and be naked with him. That was just incomprehensible to him. Um, but, you know, that just underscores some of the major differences between us anyhow. Because again, he was just not very open-minded. I mean, as an observer to it all, I mean, it's also very life-affirming, I find, because you see all these people from, you know, different ages, different walks of life, and you can't help but notice that, you know, and everyone's got a different body, but it's all the fact that they're out here and doing something together, together and apart, but it's kind of, um, it's nice and it's very positive. I see it as very positive. Anne, who is also a member of Bay Oaks Family Naturist Park, had some interesting observation about women in naturism and trying it for the first time. Um, being a woman in naturist, I often think of my values that I've gained through being a naturist um, and then look at my other female friends that aren't naturists and uh, just some of the values that I, I hold dear to my, me and thinking that some of my girlfriends could probably enjoy as well. Um, for instance, we had a, a party at my house the other day and the whole idea of our ch young, young, our children, girls, children that were um, hitting puberty or not even quite puberty were starting to shave their legs. So we're talking grade four or five kids shaving their legs and I was shocked because <laughs> my daughter's not that old yet. Um, but some of these other some of some of my friends were thinking that well the girl the other girls are doing it so you know I don't want my my daughter to feel left out you just kind of go with the crowd and so you know starting to get black hairs on her leg oh my gosh we've got to start shaving them and I just and I piped up and I says well that's such a shame that our daughters feel like they have to shave when they're in grade four like that's absolutely crazy um and then I think of, of my daughter and the other adolescent children that I know and, and teenage children that I know that are in the naturist environment, and they don't feel that pressure. They, they, and I think as a mother, I don't have to feel like I pressure my daughter or, or feel like I can give her better, better values. I can give her better... Uh, understanding of her body and acceptance of her body that she doesn't always have to go with the norm. She can do something that's a little, uh, makes a little more sense to, for her. And uh, so she doesn't have to start shaving when she's in grade four. That maybe she can wait a little bit later or maybe she will choose not to. Um, not that everybody, there are some naturists that do and some naturists that don't, but that's like in every, every society that's what happens. But it will just give her a better understanding of her body. And hopefully she can make better decisions. Sophie, who is not a member of Bear Oaks, but is a regular visitor with her family, 
also shared some observations about women and naturism that I thought were interesting and helpful. I think the benefits are similar um, for a lot of women. So much time and effort is wrapped up in achieving a degree of attractiveness that the world considers necessary to function that um, you can shed that and it's more significant for women than men and that you can get away from it. Many women can get away from it entirely when they um, take their clothes off and are, and are nude. I think it's possible that some men are there to look at women, but I don't really care. It doesn't matter if they want to look at my breasts, then great. They're going to see what some one person's breasts look like, and they can look at another woman and see what another woman's breasts look like. And um, the women who are involved in naturism tend to be far more representative of what people really look like than what you would see in a nude magazine or something like that. So they're really seeing reality. If they come and to a naturist environment, they're going to see people's bodies as they really are, not as the media has doctored them up to look like. The very first time um, we actually... My husband and I became naked together and, I guess, went was in um, Martha's Vineyard at a beach called Gay Head, which is traditionally a public beach that has a section that is nude. Um, we were touring the island, and there was um, an elderly fellow with his grandchild looking through a set of binoculars down at the beach, and the, and the little boy said, Grandpa, there are naked people down there! And, and the grandpa looked at my husband and said to him, if I were you, I'd be down there. <laughs> so we decided to take a hike down to the beach because why not? And um, we kind of knew there were naked people down there. Um, so it was quite an, an adventurous thing to do. And when we got down there, we decided to take our clothes off and, and uh, experience what the other people were doing down there. For me, it felt very natural. For my husband, it was it was far more of a leap of faith. I, I was um, raised in a family where we saw each other naked, not on a beach or anything, but, you know, in our house we changed upstairs without closing the doors. We went into the shower and out of the shower without covering our bodies up. So not we I was not raised to be self-conscious about my body so taking it off in in a public setting on a beautiful beach on a warm day felt pretty normal some people suggest that it's harder for younger women to try naturism and to a certain extent that's uh, true because the the pressure on younger women to uh, look a certain way is is greater it's all about uh, what they look like in terms of they're often involved in trying to meet someone and they're uh, being younger they don't necessarily have the same amount of uh, self-confidence um, and uh, I, while I certainly won't say the previous uh, people that I interviewed were older there are women in their 30s and 40s um, there are women in their 20s that try naturism for the first time and have a, an easy time of it um, last summer uh, Stina Sieg who I interviewed for another segment uh, tried naturism for the first time and she's in her 20s it wasn't hard at all. I was really pressed for time because we were going to this beach outside of Toronto um, on this island, and so we ha and the bus was leaving really soon, so I had to just strip down really fast and run to the bus. 
so he didn't give me a chance to actually worry about it. And that was fine. Like once I, once I did it, I mean, there was about a 30-second adjustment period, and then that was it. I've been really amazed at the um, at the community that's here. That's the that's been the biggest. That's the biggest. This thing is that is what has left the biggest impression upon me. Um, the only thing I really felt was it was nice to be able to wear so little because I I, I don't really dress provocatively at all. Um, but I, I did have I have had a push from uh, my parents, one parent in particular, but I won't you know throw them under the bus. But uh, of uh, dressing in a way so that it doesn't accentuate the parts of your body that are like chubby you know like if you wear a, like a like a sleeveless t-shirt that's kind of showing off your arms like do you really want to do that and it's not like that's not a sexual thing that's just like a maybe that looks unflattering you know and here that is totally gone and that's the biggest freedom for me is that there's no question about being um unflattering like your body just is as it is and there's no cut uh, or tailoring of the of clothing that's gonna you know change that you just get to be, which is uh, beautiful. Emily, um, who tried naturism in her twenties as well uh, for the first time, she actually not only tried it for the first time and then joined the same day, but she now works at the office at Bear Oaks. I kind of it happened on a whim. My husband's been talking about trying something like naturism for a couple of years, and I finally it came up one day, and I finally decided, what the heck, we'll give it a try. What are we gonna lose? Um, so we came up during the summer to Bear Oaks, and we had a great day. We came up during the volleyball weekend, and that was a good time to kind of just to get the feel of what goes on. And there were a lot of people around, so that was nice. We were a little bit anxious. Uh, we weren't really sure what to expect. Um, but the first five minutes, I think, of being nude, were it was a little uncomfortable. It was kind of like, you know, is this, you know, this isn't what we're supposed to do, what you're used to doing. And after that five minutes, we just, we felt totally comfortable and, you know, you don't really notice it. I was always self-conscious with my body, you know, through my teenage years and my early 20s. And, um... And once we started coming here after a couple times, I, I've never been so confident in my own skin. I kind of realized that, you know, women have curves and that's okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just, I started to feel good about myself that, you know, I guess you kind of see every shape and size and you realize that nobody's really perfect and that, you know, it's okay. I'm more comfortable here and I'm also more comfortable out in the world. I'm, you know, um, I am not worried when I go out, you know, if there's lumps or whatever. I, I don't feel like it matters if people are looking at me, if that makes sense, you know, um, that, you know, this is just the way I am and it's okay. I don't have to impress anybody, you know. So I said at the beginning of the show that I would uh, provide some very specific advice. I think the interviews that we've just listened to gives uh, a lot of advice and inputs and ideas about um, how we can convince uh, someone to try naturism for the first time and women specifically. But let me give you six very specific um, ideas and strategies. So the first one is to review your own motives. And what I mean by that is, if you're the kind of man, generally, we'll talk about men in this situation, who 
likes to look at pornography, uh, likes to look at sexually charged movies and images, and I was always talking about it. Um, your partner is going to know that and is going to sense that and is going to suspect that your decision to try naturism is completely related to that. And as much as you can say that it's not about sex, they're going to have a very hard time believing it. So watch your own motives. Why do you want to bring your partner, your friend to naturism? Is it really for the values of acceptance of self, acceptance of others, and getting closer to the environment? If it's not, you'll have a harder time. Number two, be open and be confident about naturism. If you believe that it's true, that it's right, that the values that you talk about are there, make sure you talk about it openly. Make sure you yourself believe it's okay and talk about it that way. Any sense that you have or discomfort or uncertainty is going to come across. And it's going to be hard to convince anybody that it, else that it's okay if you yourself don't believe in it. But if you are a true believer, if you've tried it yourself, and maybe that's what you need to do, um, then you can speak about it confidently. You can talk about the beauty and how it feels and, and how incredible it is, and everybody will believe you. Be sympathetic. That's number three. Be sympathetic and understanding. Uh, appreciate that it's not as simple as it might seem. Oh, sure, logically, no big deal. Everybody gets it logically. There's no problem. It's easy. But emotionally, it's very difficult. You can't lose decades of socialization just because you say so. And you also have to be sympathetic to the fact that women spend a lot of their adult life feeling like they're prey for single men. Women are objectified. And men are always trying to see their bodies, see them naked. That's the game, right? That's what the game is supposed to be. That's what society and movies and everything tells us. So if you're suddenly trying to convince a woman to take her clothes off with you and you're the opposite sex, obviously they're going to suspect that there's other motives behind it. And even if they believe you, they're going to have a very hard time understanding that in a naturist environment, they won't be objectified. It won't be about sex. It won't be about their bodies. And you've heard the fears in the earlier interviews that people had before. So they're very real, and you have to be sympathetic to those and understand them, and don't just say they don't exist. You've got to work with them. And the fact is, this is exactly why they have to try naturism. It is therapy that's going to help them get over all of these uh, bad experiences they've had so far in their lives. So number four is that, help them see it as therapy. It's exactly that. Uh, we talked in an earlier episode about gymnophobia. And really, it fits all of the criteria. The Anxiety Disorders Association of America talks about phobias on, the, on their website, about definitions. Um, and they say people that have strong or irrational fears or fear reactions and work hard to avoid situations even though they know there's no threat or danger. Those are phobias. The fear may not make any sense, but they feel powerless to stop it. That's exactly what they say in their definition. And naturism is fighting against that. But you can't expect people to just be able to just turn that off. It's a very, very powerful emotion. And as uh, most psycho psychologists, psychiatrists will tell you, the way to deal with a fear generally 
which is a learned response to stimulus. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means when you were young and you ran around naked because it felt good and you enjoyed it, somebody yelled at you and told you you were bad or it was a bad thing to do or, or just by the tone of their voice or the disapproving look, uh, put strong emotions to the, your, your, your body and how you feel about it and who you are. And then that's reinforced by the media and everything you read and watch and listen to. So in order to get over it, you need desensitization therapy, which ironically is often called exposure therapy. Um, so you have to get desensitized. You have to disconnect these uh, the anxiety that is normally attached to being nude. So And you have to combine that with relaxation and reward. You have to enjoy yourself. Obviously, if your first uh, attempt at uh, being nude would be to uh, walk into a, a very public place nude where nobody else is, that would not be relaxing and it would not be the reward. It would probably intensify that fear, you know, that old dream of being nude in a public place with everybody staring at you. Um, and you have to do it in slow, small steps. Uh, you can't just jump right into it. Uh, going to a nature's club might be the way, but you, you have to, if it's a very strong fear, if your anxiety is very powerful, or if your friend or partner's anxiety is very powerful, you need to do it in small steps. And certainly, if it's your close friend or your spouse or your partner, you can work on it together treating it like a phobia by doing small things, doing it together. You trust each other, you're comfortable together. Be nude in your apartment or your house, not just in your bedroom where you often are or in the bathroom. Have dinner nude. Sit in the living room watching television nude. Start to feel normal being nude, doing normal things. I mean, in extreme situations, phobia is actually treated with medication to help people relax, as when people have fear of flying. Hopefully nobody has such a strong fear of nudity and being nude that medication is necessary, but it can be used in some situation. But of course, then it has to be, it has to be prescribed by a physician. You can't obviously self-medicate. That's very, very dangerous. Number five, be patient. Don't expect somebody to, first time you ask, say yes. You know, a friend of mine, it's, it took five years to convince her to join us. You know, she, we, we worked working together, and at first she was completely opposed to it. But I slowly, I, I wasn't actually trying per se to convince her. Obviously, she's a friend, all of my friends, I wished they could all come and join me and join my family and join us at Bear Oaks and, and, and experience the, the, the incredible feelings that naturism brings, the, the freedom, the, the beauty of it all. And so it's natural that I would like them to come, but I'm not trying to convince everybody. But of course, with your friends, keep telling them about how great it is. Tell them about the wonderful vacation you had at a nude resort. Tell them about the great friendships and connections and, and how comfortable you are. The wonderful people you meet who have broken these the bonds that used to hold them back, the, the fears that they used to experience. And, and really illustrate to them the, the wonders of naturism without necessarily asking them every other day to come with you. Eventually, they'll, like my friends, they'll start to feel that it might be something that's right for them because it all makes sense. The logic is indisputable, but they have to slowly get strong enough in their mind that they are willing to overcome the emotional anxiety that comes with the idea of being nude together. And lastly, once you finally convince someone to come, make sure 
it's a positive experience. Make sure you pick the right place because the wrong place will set you back even further than you ever were. And what I mean by that is there are, if you go to a nature's park or a nudist park and everybody's clothed, that's going to make it very difficult. I won't rehash the whole why I believe clothing optional is not right. But I think it's very important that if you're going to take somebody to try naturism, they have to be in the company of like-minded people. And they have to be in a place where they won't be made to feel um, like they're a sex object, where people won't be staring at them. And unfortunately, there are some clubs that I've visited in North America um, and Europe that aren't quite as pure with their nature's philosophy. So make sure you visit the place first and make sure it's okay. Um, you also have to worry about gender balance. And, and you know, the, the Ontario Roaming Bears um, in the Toronto area hold swims. And it's a wonderful club and we have a great time when we visit the club. And for the experienced naturist, there's no problem. But for those who are not experienced, the gender balance can be a problem. Um, often on a swim night, it could be 80, 90% men. And I had on two separate occasions, my wife and I took a, a female, single female friend with us. And on both occasions, they were very uncomfortable by the, 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 the ratio, the gender balance being so far out of whack. They just, they felt like they were the only woman there. They felt like they were just, um, the object of too much attention because they, they were so, they were so different being, the one of very few women, you feel like you're really uh, in the wrong environment. You're really out of place. Uh, never mind the fact you're nude. The fact that you're the only woman there can make it even worse. So, I, unfortunately, as much as I love the Ontario Roaming Bears and the swims, and we still go, I would never use their events as a way to introduce people the first time because of those two instances where people actually really didn't enjoy themselves and afterwards wouldn't come to any more naturist events because of their first experience. So make sure that their first experience is a good one. Make sure the weather is right. Make sure the place is right. Make sure the people are right. And whatever you do, what you should not do is make it a surprise. Because I have seen that at Bear Oaks where uh, people, well, men, it was in both instances, it was a man bringing his... Uh, wife or partner without telling him where they were going it's not it's that's not a very good tactic you you lose trust and there's a good chance that the person will uh, be very upset and angry because you're fighting an emotion it's not like you're surprising them by taking them to a restaurant this is something very complicated and associated with that are uh, very powerful emotions and anxieties and you can't expect people if they're suddenly thrown into it without any advance warning, without any preparation to be able to just adjust, you might make the situation even worse. So make sure the first experience is a good one, a trusting one, a comfortable one. If you do all that, I really think that given enough time, you can convince anyone to try naturism. If you have the relationship, if the person trusts you, and if you take it easy and you do it right as we talked about, I can't see why you wouldn't be able to convince someone to come and try it.
That's all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. Thank you for listening. Please keep sending your comments and suggestions. I'm, I really appreciate getting them. Um, the show's email address is naturistliving at bareoaks.ca. That's B-A-R-E, naturistliving at bareoaks.ca. Join us again in about a month for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. My name is Stéphane Deschaines. I'm your host and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Thank you once again for listening. Your support is really appreciated. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca. Thank you.